when you're creating and your whole life is content, I think having pockets of your life that aren't where you can step away and go on a walk even or do things where the camera is not rolling. I think that helps with balance mentally and emotionally and just to be able to say, I'm not filming today. Today, I'm going to not put any makeup on, go to the store, do normal human things. That helped me with just like stepping away to then be more creative when I would come back. Hey guys, welcome to the Tom Ward Show where every week we talk to the most successful people in the world who teach us how to improve our lives. It's time to level up. Today, we've got corporate Natalie, Forbes 30 under 30 corporate Natalie. First of all, congratulations on that distinction. Thank you so much. And most successful people in the world, I think you might have the wrong person on the line. This is this is crazy. I'm honored. <laughs> I just try to hype people up. You know, I mean, yeah. Thank you. I'll take it. That made my day. No, I can completely relate to your story. I was I worked in the corporate world and did this creator thing, which we'll talk about later. But you had a story that was cracking me up. So you're working your corporate job and then one night you're at a party with Drake and Justin Bieber. So yes. how wild was that? Like, was that even reality? Like, what did that feel like? No, I started sobbing after. I couldn't even process it. I think this whole like influencer world is so crazy because all of us us, we're just, you know, and we are normal people, but like all of us, this, this role didn't exist. Like we're not like training to be actors or actresses. It's like we made a video and somehow by the grace of God, it took off. And now we're here at this like party surrounded by other people. Like it's just insane. And side, we can talk about those influencer parties later. That's a whole scene in itself. But I think it was just a moment of like, wow, I'm still going back to work on Monday after this. I'm like, I just got this glimmer of what is this world? And I was just so thankful. Like, thank God I made a video. Thank God I had the confidence to post a video. I think so many people have great ideas and things to say. And it's like, I did it, I guess. And now I'm here. This is crazy. Now, did you keep your world separate at that time? Because like, you can't go to back to work Monday and, hey, what'd you do? Oh, just this party, hang out with Drake and Justin Bieber. I mean, that's not even oh, yeah. like, not only is that not relatable, but that's not even like a thought in anyone's head that that could happen. No, I made a video actually that was like lying to your coworkers about your weekend when like you're partying or doing things You're like, oh, I just had a chill weekend. And then I would cut to the clip of Drake right in front of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did keep the two worlds separate. I think I came from a corporate space that wasn't, it was a traditional big four company. So I took social media trainings that told me, you know, never wear a company sweatshirt in a social space, never do X, Y, Z, don't speak on the company publicly. And so I have this fear like ingrained in me and this risk aversion that like social media equals bad. And I think that has totally shifted now. I even spoke at a big four company this past week and they're like, yeah, we're totally open to people having their socials. And what it's just, it's wow. shifted immensely since COVID. But I was so fearful that I was doing something wrong in the beginning. And I tried to keep it super private. I, I still don't share my last name even, probably still scarred from, from those days. But yeah, I think it's it's been, it, and then it grew into, okay, this is this is actually like a force for good. This is bringing people together, creating community. None of those things. I'm not tearing individuals down. I'm not you know doing anything bad. And that was when I was able to kind of merge the two worlds. And I actually moved into marketing at the company I was at. You know, it was wild. Like I, I remember this day I had the boringest job ever. I was selling kitchen equipment to national grocery stores. So I worked for this boring Midwest manufacturing company. And I'm literally like, I would sell ovens and dishwashers and stuff. So I had two accounts, Sprouts and Whole Foods. So yeah. I sell an forth. oven to one grocery store, right? And I'm literally on conference calls for like five hours one day about one oven. Like the manager's pissed that the oven's not working. The regional guy's pissed. Then I got to talk to the corporate buyer. And it's like about a fucking oven. Who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. And then I literally get off the phone call and go to Paris Hilton's house to interview her and hang out for the afternoon. And I'm like, Stop. what world does this happen? And I can't tell anybody at work, like, hey, what'd you do last night? Like, oh, I went to Paris Hilton's house. Like, it wouldn't even... No. You can't. And it feels so, yeah. And it, then you're, that world starts to feel so small. And so you're not making an impact and you start to have this identity crisis. I totally get it. Um, mine, thankfully, the two worlds were slightly connected with the threat of, of corporate. So I was, you know, keeping one foot in that world was important. But I cannot imagine the shift from an oven conversation to Paris is all Hilton's house. That's wild. But do you, do you talk like, who do you work for? What was the company? I don't say that publicly. Um, okay. 
not allowed to say that, but I was in tech. I was in, I was at a big four company and then I moved into cybersecurity space. One of my, um, like clients at the time, I actually moved full-time there. So I was working in tech and then that's when I went to full-time content creation from there. So super okay. rigid corporate structure to a little more liberal than to now this world. So did they find out at this mystery company that, that so, someone had to be on TikTok and see you or Instagram? Like, that, when did that happen? Yes. So it's an interesting story. They actually found out and I did have this fear and like, I'm going to get fired. And I got a 10 minute meeting put on my calendar from the CEO of the company. It's like a 12,000 person company. I'm an analyst. Like I'm the lowest level possible. I'm like, okay, I'm getting fired. Let me pack up my things figuratively, of course, because I'm working from home. There's no desk or anything. And I go on the call. I'm like 15 minutes early, freaking out, panicking, like whatever. And he's like, hey, Natalie, we want to move you into marketing. Saw, saw what you're doing with the corporate stuff. Awesome. We want to give you a promotion into marketing. The CMO is going to join in five here and I'm going to drop. So thanks. I was like, mm -hmm. um, you are a god to me. I cannot believe I'm even speaking with you. And I'm honored. So <laughs> I quickly found out that translating the um, influencer kind of personal brand space into cybersecurity B2B sales was a bit of a, it was, it was a tough pipeline, but it was interesting to learn and see that that was valued. So talk to the beginning, like, first of all, that's, that's incredible. It's, it, it speaks to the CEO where what, what happened to me is my boss did find out and it was not a good thing. It was not really? a good thing at all. No. So it's good that he saw that like as an opportunity to go, okay, maybe she's in the wrong place. Obviously she's good at this. Let's put her on that side. That's where she'll flourish and help the company. So, you know, shout out to that person for kind of seeing the potential, but Definitely. like describe the come up, you know? So I, I heard you say that like, you don't like being in front of the camera that much. You don't share personal stuff. Like, I don't know who you're dating or if you're in a relationship. I don't know. I don't think I've seen your family anywhere. Like it's very, it's great content. Don't get, I'm not coming down on you at all, but it, you seem very private. So it, you don't seem like the, you're not the person who's going to have the vlog and Hey guys, you know, get ready with me this morning. And here's my protein oatmeal. Yes. And Hey, I'm hanging out with my girls and have a champagne. Like that's not oh, you. I know. So Yes. If you're not a big ham, basically, right, and you don't want to be in front of the camera all day, like, how did this thought even come to you? Like, hey, I'm going to start doing TikToks. Definitely. So I I think my whole life I've been super entrepreneurial. Like, I always wanted to start a company. I would go sell friendship bracelets to my neighbors. I would hold car washes. Like I was just a little hustler from day one. Always have been. I would like grab my parents' old magazines and try to sell them to my neighbors and our neighbor. Like they don't need, no one wants that. What are you doing? Like I would just, I'm just insane in that way. And I've always, always have been in college. I started a jewelry business. I was like selling jewelry across college campuses to sororities doing that. And then I graduated and joined this like very rigid corporate structure where it feels like you have one path and I always just had that bug inside me. Similarly, I also loved comedy. Like I love making people laugh. I'm super extroverted despite not sharing it on my channel. It's like, I'm the person at the, the, the middler as um, they call it in Curb Your Enthusiasm, the, the middle seat person. Like I'm, I need to run the tape, the dinner table conversation, tell the stories. Like that is me to my core. So when COVID hit and I'm alone in my bedroom, I'm like, let me just hop on TikTok. I see other people doing it. This seems easy enough. And I, I did that and it started and it took off. And what kept me going was how quickly you can monetize and it sort of becomes a business. I never thought I would be like a content creator. Quite frankly, I looked at content creators and laughed. I was like, I work a real job. You're dancing on TikTok. And then you realize like that person dancing on TikTok is making millions. Like literally these, these teenagers are killing it. And I think my entrepreneurial spirit was sparked by the content and that's what kind of kept it going. And I think the private life stuff, it's like, I will never be a lifestyle creator. I won't do the vlogs. I won't do the like, you you know, every aspect of my life because I do have that side of me that wants to be able to step away one day and start a business and do that instead of this. And so I think once you share that side of you, you can't really get it back. Sure. Do you find it like, but I did see you, uh, you know, congratulations on your half marathon. So I was, I was looking at your content last night and I saw like that. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a little bit of the real Natalie, like thrown in there. Like, where is this going? Like, 
is that because at the end of the day, people do want to know your story and I'm sure they want to know more about you. So is that like a little sneak peek that, hey, we're going to, you know, I'm going to let, even though you made comedy and great content out of it, but it was like a little behind the scenes peak of your life. Like, are we going to get more of that or is that not even a... Yeah, for sure. And I love exploring different avenues of comedy. Like I think running the half marathon was hilarious. There's, you know, I golf and sometimes I'll do like golf Natalie and it's just a funny bit. So I totally understand that. I think when it's like, like I did a video involving my friends of like my friends before and after the, the, the half marathon, I think when you get to a space where your whole life is content and I sit down at the dinner table with my friends and I have my ring light out, it's like, it loses this authentic side that I've seen with fellow like creator friends that I just have this really deep fear of becoming like, I want to be able to be, I want to be normal, not actually, but like, I just want to live these experiences and not put the pressure on the people in my life to be a part of it. If they don't want to, you know, talk about, you met, you mentioned it before, because I'm always intrigued by this. Cause like, you know, I'm older. I didn't start this till my late 30s. So I was never invited to the cool influencer parties. Actually, I was invited to Dixie D'Amelio's. I got to know them, her record release party. And okay. I get invited to things. I never go anywhere. I'm boring. But I went to it. I'm like, you know, I know the family. Like, I want to support. It's cool. I got invited to something like that. So it's at 10 o'clock. So I show up at 10 o'clock. No one is there. I'm no. old. I don't know you don't show up on time to things. Like, you tell me to be there at fucking 10 o'clock. I'm there. Right. But I'm yeah. the only nerd. Why it's like me it? and the DJ setting up, and that's it. Literally. Stop. Yeah. What uh, are you? Are you in LA? Is yeah, that yeah. Is? yeah. LA is a different. It's like then there's a sponsored pre-party that if you didn't get the invite to, you're screwed. That will definitely run into the time. It's like all these things that are so. If you're not like aware of the full itinerary, you're screwed. Like that scares me. <laughs> I can't. But well, tell. Take, give us a sneak peek. You said like going to those influencer parties early. So you're starting to monetize and stuff a little bit. So now you're making money at this. You're becoming more well-known. You're getting invited to these parties. How old were you at the time? Um, 24 when I started. I'm 26 okay. now. So, so oh, you're great. You're right in the, you're in your mid twenties. Great place to yeah. be. You want to go out and have some fun. What were those parties like? Like, what was your experiences? Totally. So I'm from San Francisco and I like, I go to the local dive bar with my friends and that's like a fun, really fun Friday night for me when I was so thrown at like the, just the whole world. Like everyone, you get glam, you get a thousand dollars of hair and makeup before you even go, you get, you know, the, the black car brings you like, it's just things that I'm so un, like wholly unaware of. And then there's of course, like tears, like you think the corporate world has a hierarchy and structure there's literally like, oh, sorry, that's VIP only. Or there's like, everything's roped off or like the upper floor is actually for like a list. And then you kind of were invited to this part of it. And it's just this whole, like, I don't know, like, and I'm fine with it. Like put me in the basement. I don't care at all. I'm so happy to just be here and loosely hear the music, but it's just funny to, to go there and be like, okay, yes, I still am nobody, but thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Now, have you seen this? Because like I started out interviewing all these influencers and I interviewed all the big ones. And then after, you know, you've interviewed, you know, you've been a part of interviews and stuff and, you know, you start bullshitting before and after it, like off the record stuff. And they would tell me stories about like these family, you know, family friendly influencers that was at a party last night doing Coke at like 3 AM, you know, with oh, and cheating on their girlfriend and like wild shit like that. And it's like, dude, if people only knew what really goes on, like, have you seen anything that kind of shocked you? I wish I had a story like that. Like, it's absolutely not. I wasn't invited into the room. I, I don't have <laughs> um, I I. any, yeah, I don't have any stories. Um, but I think it, like, it's just, it, when I went to even that one weekend, like I, I started to, you start to feel like, like, I don't know. It's this, I have this fear that you start feeling better than everyone. And you're like, I'm at this party. Like I'm a God, like I'm here. It's like, no, you're not. Someone could hack my Instagram tomorrow. I'd still be Natalie, have my life here. Like, I think it's just, it's scary to see this like world that's thrusted upon you so quickly. And you go from like making content in a Starbucks because you work at Starbucks as a barista and you're doing that. And now you're like, you have millions of followers because you're vlogging, you know, it like, that's such a lifestyle shift. It's just, 
it's crazy. So I wish I had stories. I'll think on that. Um, I don't have famous friends though. So I don't no. know if I have any of those. I'm not getting invited to Paris's house. So I don't, I can't. That, do that. First of all, that was business only. I wasn't hanging out and I was never invited back. So it was, <laughs> we're not buddies. We don't text. We don't hang out. Watch reality. Paris, if you're listening, we're down to be friends, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a good hang. Why not? Totally. But you said too that you, always kind of like you worked probably longer than most people would while you had all this stuff going on on the side. I know you're entrepreneurial. Why not just say, you know, marketing for a big corporation, who gives a fuck about this product, about these people? Like I can go be my own boss. I can work on just being funny all day, which is kind of a cool job if you can get it. And you know, get invited to parties and kind of live this fun influencer lifestyle slash entrepreneur lifestyle. So like, why did you hang on to the job so long? Definitely. I think, like I said, it was so intertwined where I feel like inauthentic if I was corporate Natalie without a corporate job. But now it's, mm. you know, I have my own business and I do, I have an employee and I'm able to like have my foot in the corporate world. And that was like one initial just societal fear that I had maybe. And then secondly, like I am really risk averse. Like I want to make sure my finances are in check. Like I had equity in this company that I would be stepping away from. Like there were, I have to figure out, I'm now paying for my own benefits and insurance and all these things that like I'm calculating out. And I think a lot of people just take the leap. They're like, I want to just be a creator. Like I'm like, no, I want to have X dollars in my bank account by 30. Here's how I want to do it. Like, is this the right move for me? And I think that's just... I think I held on probably a little too long. I was working basically two full-time jobs, miserable. My hair is falling out. I'm not healthy. I'm I, one day I took 300 steps. Like that was it. Like I just was not, it, it wasn't sustainable. Like they say the, the nine to five and then you're five to nine. I was doing that for 200 days in a row. And I was like, okay, this is not right. And that was the moment where I was like, now I will step away and I have some, my ducks in a row and here's how to do it. But yeah, I just, I never had that ur urge to be like, F it. I'm, I'm going to do it and follow my passion. I'm very like, very corporate probably. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that. It's like such an obvious thing. Your name's corporate Natalie. You take away the corporate. Do people still give a fuck about me? I'm just Natalie now. Like I, exactly. that totally makes like, sense. I get it. I got to still be corporate. Right, shit that I'm running this? a half marathon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you talk, I mean, it's such a you know, hustle culture is like so, not, I mean, it couldn't be more uncool than right now, right? It's all about, you know, healthy lifestyles, work-life balance and stuff. I'm kind of on the fence because, you know, I've interviewed a million successful people and all of them in the beginning had horrible work-life balance. And, it, 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 you know, I've interviewed athletes and influencers and successful business people. And honestly, every single one of them, I, I think somebody, I don't remember who said it was like, you know, work-life balance and, you know, these elaborate morning routines, you know, I wake up and I journal for 10 minutes and then I, <laughs> then I meditate on a, a gratitude meditation and then I get yeah. on my fucking cold plunge, you know, and the, it's like a fucking three hour routine. They go, they can do that now because they're rich, <laughs> you know, they yeah. didn't do that, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't have no. time. They got up and immediately went to work at 5 a.m. when they woke up. Like, totally. do you think it's possible to do something different or could you have done it different working and kind of, I want to go in this creative direction. Could you have had work life balance managing yeah. both or getting where you wanted to go? No. And I think like, I agree with you that I'm on the fence about it. Cause I think I know the the corporate quips and I know it so well because I was bottom of the totem pole grinding, going at 5 a.m., like experiencing that life that truly doesn't even exist anymore. And I think, you know, Kim Kardashian got flamed for saying like, get off your ass and work or whatever she said. And like, people were like, well, I don't, you know, whatever. And it's fine. You don't, hustle culture is a horrible rap. I totally agree. But I think, you know, all, every good entrepreneur or every good creator, whatever started in this space of like, I was grinding my ass. I was pumping out seven videos a day. I was miserable. I was, you know, still working because I wasn't even making money on this yet. And there are those things. I think I, I spoke on a, like actually to Gen Z interns and 
I was asked about, you know, maintaining balance and setting boundaries. And I'm always asked about, you know, how do I set boundaries, whatever. I had no boundaries, first of all. You could have told me to get to New Jersey across the country and I would have like walked to the airport and made it happen. But now it's, you know, how do I set boundaries? How do I, whatever, which I totally respect. (laughs) I said, I think there's a huge difference between you know, a couple late nights in the office during busy season where you're, you're grinding and you're, you're hustling and like true burnout. And I think we use the word burnout way too liberally. Like burnout is when you have done it. Like I said, the 200 days in a row and you're like, I really can't sustain this anymore. I'm gaining weight, feeling horrible, like truly unhealthy, miserable. That's burnout. And then there's like, I had a week of busy season and I was in the office till 11 PM for a full week and it sucked, but I did it. And I think it's like understanding the difference is super important. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it is it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. But I think especially when you're trying to break away from a nine to five. Totally. And forget all the other shit. Are you married? Are you in a relationship? Do you have kids and you know you have family commitments? All this other forget all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. On top of it. But if you're trying to like work, do Matt just you know, be a person and, you know, manage being a person with relationships and stuff and then okay. try to start a jewelry business on the side or, you know, become a creator and have to pump out three videos a day for fucking forever. Right. Yeah. It's not for everybody and it's not easy. And to be honest with you, it's not healthy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I think there's, it's probably, you're probably more well adjusted if you just, kind of go to work and you know come home and have healthy relationships and you totally. know just live that like and there, there's nothing wrong with that i think sometimes like shade is get thrown on just having a job and like being happy like oh that's yeah. a pretty cool thing to do i mean totally. what's wrong with that no and and there's such a push of i need a side hustle i need to do xyz i'm not content with this Like there's no, just like, I'm happy and pumped to be where I'm at. It's like, what's next? I'm, you know, this isn't enough. I'm not feeling inspired. And like, I was never, I don't know. I feel like I was always looking for passion and I had that entrepreneurial spirit, but I wasn't like, I was inspired by like making an awesome salary and like working hard and having my work friends. And like, that was, it felt like enough, but now I'm here. So I guess post those TikToks, grind it out. (laughs) You don't don't post personal stuff like during that time, you know, you're in your 20s. Are you dating anybody? Was there even any time for that? Like, what was that side of your life like? Was there a side of your life? I mean, yes, I definitely I think while I don't like talk about it publicly, I think like dating when you have a platform and when you're in not in L.A. and like the zeitgeist of it all. And I'm in San Francisco and I'm trying to explain like, oh, I make TikToks and I have 600,000 people looking at me every day, but I'm super chill and like, it's fine. And I'm sorry that person just recognized me on this date. Ignore that. I don't know her. She was a fan. Like, it's hard to translate that. So I think I was, I struggled with dating earlier and trying to find like, trying to communicate my story and honestly be proud of it. I think I like was a little ashamed of being a TikToker here. It's like, what? You don't work in tech? You work like, it just, that story was hard to tell for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's, it's fine now. It's good. <laughs> when, when you were dating and stuff like that and, and going on these and I don't, I don't like San Fran, no, no offense to you, but don't worry. You know what I like about LA is there's no pretense. No one thinks they're smart. Everybody realizes they're dumb and they're proud of it. Right. It's like, we didn't go to Stanford. We don't give a fuck. We want to have a badass car, make a shitload of money and be famous. Like fuck yes. everything else. No, that's so true. And I love it's that. It's so true. And you go to LA and you're like, I'm an influencer. Everyone's like, cool, next. Like, yeah. we're all influencers. Like, let's go. No, we're all we're all filming TikToks every day. Like, let's here, collab. Like, oh yeah, literally. Yeah, <laughs> but open up there, San Fran's a different vibe. And I'm I'm kind of joking because I you know I have family up there and I go up to San Fran you know frequently. Um, but like when you were going on dates and stuff, like I, I always wonder this. I know a lot of influencers I've interviewed run into this where it's like, is the guy really here for me? Is he trying to create a little, a name for himself over here? Like, do you, do you run into those kind of like fame whore dudes or you don't get that in San Fran as much? Um, oh gosh, I, it happened once. I, 
I kind of loosely dated someone who DM'd me and was and never do that for any creators listening. Wouldn't recommend if they're also for me too. It's like my page is a character. Like if you're in love with corporate Natalie, that's just like a totally, that's a, that's a bit, you know? Um, and it actually, yeah, it turned into sort of the fame hungry, um, kind of thing. And it, we, we ended and we ended on a note of like, I actually, I just can't deal with the following. It's just not for me, which I understand. Like, that's totally fine. Not everyone wants to be around this all the time and have to get recognized in public and all these things that come with it. So I totally understood. And then, um, he actually went on a, a, a pretty popular dating show and, and started building his own brand. So I think, um, I think, I think he was, was intending to build the brand all along, but I will not name names or ever reveal that, but that was, that was definitely an experience I had. Do you have to forget dating, just relationships in general? Do you have to keep your guard up? I mean, are people constantly coming at you wanting something? Um, not here. I don't know. I feel like, I think here I've found like, it's more, and, and I think as, I don't know, I think people, maybe this is a weird way to look at it, but I think like men to women are less like, are less interested in like taking and doing that. I, I sure. think, I don't know. I think women to men are like, Oh my God, I'm obsessed with, you know, Sean Mendez and I want that lifestyle and I want to DM him. That's kind of a different like mindset that like That's true. men that at least I interact with don't really have. And it, you know, it, it's a, when you look at, you know, corporate world and we always talk about women in the workforce, right? Being a creator is one of those careers where women are the boss. I mean, you look at who's the most followed people on TikTok, who are the most followed people on Instagram, they're women. And it's like, it's pretty cool. It, was that an interesting shift for you to go from, did you, for, first of all, in the corporate world, did you ever feel less than, or were you in situations where, you know, you were getting mansplained to, or just felt like uncomfortable or yeah, I think I've not had, you as know. good as the guy sitting next to you? Totally. I think, I mean, I think every woman could have an experience of feeling like out of place in one way or another. I remember I was working in retail at J crew in high school and with my guy friend was working and I was like crazy or oh, just here making, you know, $11 an hour. He's like, what? I make 16. Um, I'm like, oh, okay. What? <laughs> we literally, I started like six months before you, what's happening. Um, so that was like a funny little like pay transparency thing, but I've definitely had moments where I felt like, you know, maybe not respected or valued. I think I have also been surrounded by like really supportive men in my career. And my, one of my main mentors is a man. And I don't feel this like hateful kind of, I don't feel like scarred by any specific experiences, but um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I totally agree with you though. That women sort of run the influencer space. So it's cool to see that, that shift now of, women just absolutely owning it and running these awesome businesses and just living their life. Now, what's it like? So the millennial workforce, right? They, you, they get a lot of shit. <laughs> There's a lot of memes about them. You know, I always kind of, I always like them to be, I mean, because I interviewed influencers and stuff. I just come from a different place, but it, I always, I always like the, like the entrepreneur. I look at the good things. I look at them not as lazy, just maybe focus different things are important to them than were to me at that age. But the one thing I always really liked about them is they're all entrepreneurial in some way, whether they're doing a, you know, $20 brand deal on TikTok and they're stoked about it, or they've got their Etsy shop and they're selling, you know, handmade bracelets or something like that. It seems like they all have something going on, which I appreciate. Like what's, what's a millennial worker like in corporate America these days? Um, you know, it's interesting. I think I make a lot of videos on the relationship between Gen Z and millennial. Like I just posted a video on like giving Gen Z feedback and being like, you know, Brian, I love that you vape. It is so cool. It's awesome. I think just while we're on like a client call, maybe don't jewel. Like that would be so cool. And so like this whole, <laughs> this whole dynamic of the chip on the shoulder of the millennial trying to work with this like Gen Z wanting to be cool and free and young. And it's, I, that interplay is hilarious to me. Um, but I think everyone now is just seeing this like creator influencer world and 
there's so much more openness to building your brand on social and trying it out. And I see more men posting on TikTok. Like there's not that stigma that it had even like a year ago. And I think generally whatever generation you're in, you're starting to be open to the social media, personal brand conversation. Talk Well, first of all, everyone go follow you on LinkedIn. I had no idea. You're a fucking monster on LinkedIn. Not only are you killing it on TikTok. I mean, who the fuck is killing it on LinkedIn? Corporate Literally. Natalie's killing it. Of course. It makes sense. It makes too much sense. Of yeah. course. It is on brand, as they say in the industry, right? Exactly. How do you do well on LinkedIn? Most people don't post on LinkedIn. If you have a normal job, you know, you're trying to network or you're, you know, looking at jobs or something. People feel... People, what, what's this? I, I read that stat that like 90% of people just view on social, 10%, you know, are content creators infrequently and like 1% post consistently, right? I would yes. guess it's probably even less on LinkedIn. I would say it's like 0.00001 post frequently on LinkedIn. Totally. So it- what, you're winning at it, obviously. What can we do to do well on LinkedIn? And should we do well on LinkedIn or is it a waste of time? I think that finding is so true on LinkedIn. Like people are so afraid to post unless it's like a job promotion or title shift. Like you're not going to see, like they're all silent. Um, And I think I I noticed that and I was like, wait, hang on. I'm making corporate related content. Why am I not posting on this platform too? This makes, this is my total audience. Like everyone on this platform is, is in the professional world in some capacity. So I kind of did that as well. And I think the advice to people who are maybe afraid to like make a TikTok or edit a video or post like a video, I think LinkedIn's a great way to share thoughts on your industry. Like, right, it's sort of like a living blog and you can, you know, share in that way that you might be afraid, a tweet might be too short for you and a video might be too daunting. Here's LinkedIn where you're working and that's a huge part of your life. Like you can share about it here. And so I love LinkedIn. I'm a huge I love it. I was one of their top voices, which was crazy. I saw I'm that. Like, yeah. um, another just shocking thing. But I, uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see. And like people want to talk about their jobs more. And it's like, there's no fear now to share your personal experiences. Plus there's a trend now in like that medium length text-based content. Actually on TikTok, you know, they unveiled it. I've been posting like text-based like every fourth or fifth TikTok. And they do pretty well. I mean, depending on how good, you know, whatever you wrote was. But yeah. I mean, everybody's fighting over that content, right? You know, with Twitter Blue, you can write those kind of little longer posts. Threads, you can go longer than Twitter. And LinkedIn is, you know, because they have, it's like you said, like basically like a blog. Most people don't want to feel silly talking to their phone. And it's, it is silly talking to your phone. Let's be real, right? Really? It's like fucking insane. But people would feel much more comfortable writing a paragraph about the industry convention they just went to and what they learned from it or something like that. Totally. Add a picture and throw it into chat GBT and make sure it sounds right. I mean, you have all the tools at your fingertips to make a LinkedIn post and it's all right there for you. I completely agree. And it's a, the funny LinkedIn posts that I see are those like 17 paragraph, like I walked into the grocery store and I saw a man sitting in the corner. Have you seen those ones that are like this whole yes. storyline? And I'm like, wow, I've, I'm reading too much into this. I don't even care how it ends. This has been 10 minutes of my life. So yeah, keep it short. Keep it short-ish. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend. Talk about ChatGPT. You just mentioned it. I mean, for me, it's been a game changer. Like I started as a writer and I still write. Like for me... You know, I just interviewed Jason Nash uh, two weeks ago, and he was saying that, forget who did it, but some creator um, or some writer, some comedy writer um, showed, pulled 10 headlines from The Onion and Mm -hmm. 10 chat GPT Onion type headlines, and you had to pick which was which. It was impossible to pick. No one succeeded. No way. Yep. So I always say people ask about AI and stuff and I'm like on these panels and I'm, I say, I don't think it's mastered the comedy. Like it's obvious like sarcasm and these things communicated in in a comedic space. I don't think it has mastered. And I think I'm incorrect now based on what you're saying, because if they're able to. I don't think, I mean, that doesn't mean you're incorrect, right? Because that's a headline. So that's just text-based. It's no, not a personal story. It's not a personal perspective on something. It's yeah. a headline, you know, and look, 
you know, I studied headlines forever. I mean, there's a formula that's probably in chat GBT where it says it's got to be this many words, not any longer. It's got to have, you know, these type words in it. Right. <laughs> you know, so there's, yeah. there's a way to craft that, that they can figure out, but you're right. Like I, I, <laughs> I heard them write a Seinfeld episode. They're like, you know, Hey, chat GBT, write a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. It's just fucking awful. No, but, but like, it's scary that that's just the beginning. This is, we're so early stage with this that like it will be able to write a Seinfeld episode so quickly once it learns. And it's just, I think people ask like, are you afraid as a creator that it will take away that power from me? I think like those who accept it and welcome it in and try to use it to enhance the content creation process or whatever it may be. I think that those will be the people who are ready to enter this new phase of the world we're entering into. What what type of creators are AI proof that can't be generated by a computer? Like, is there certain categories you think or certain well, types of people? I have no clue because I think like a fear, of course, that I have is like the deep fake. Like you could put me on, make me allegedly with all the video that's existing of me. You could make a video, AI generated video of me saying like racial slurs that I would never say. And that's a huge fear like and i don't i would hope that people don't have that malicious intent to do that but like it's my word against when it becomes so the technology is right there and you're able to do it so easily and barely distinguish the difference like it's my word against the computer's word of that's obviously not me right and like having not having that power is terrifying so i think there's no one that's AI proof. I don't know. I feel AI proof right now with comedy, but I, like I said, I don't think I will be in three to five years. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Well, yes and no. I think, I think comedians are probably the safest because a computer can't duplicate. Actually they can kind of, but not all the way. They can't have your perspective. You know, you can input all of your, you know, most popular skits and, put it in. And of course they could come up with their own, but it's not you making that facial expression or the way you deliver a line or the that's way true. you wait to speak. Like that's all it, that was developed over just your experiences as a human being for 20 plus years. Like, I don't think a computer could do that. I hope, I mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, Sarah Silverman's suing open AI right now for taking her jokes and using how she tells a joke to to do that that's was like a, a headline i saw and so wow. the com like that proves that maybe like the writing of the comedy you're able to replicate but then i think you're right that like the vocal intonation and stuff i think when you're able to use the hundreds of videos that i've made to learn how i speak then that becomes maybe easier i don't know and i and i'm not an ai expert like this is so out of my realm like it's just interesting to me, me too. but if there's a listener out there that's like, I could do this easily with all the videos that exist, please don't. But but I think <laughs> but I think it's possible. Do you watch Black Mirror? Oh my gosh, yes, obsessed. Selma Absolutely Hayek obsessed. episode. That blew. I mean, yes. that blew my mind. Blew my mind. Like and it, terrifying. It, if you're watching this and you're not, you don't watch Black Mirror, there's a regular woman who, you know, worked a regular job and she fired somebody and came home one day. And then all of a sudden her day was repeated on this reality show they were watching and she was played by Selma Hayek. And in the terms and conditions, which no one fucking ever reads, the so streaming scary. service, you gave up your right to your likeness and everything else. So yes. it was like in real time almost, there was a little delay, but every day she would come home and her day would be played out by characters that night on the show, which Black Mirror is such a great show because it's terrifying, funny, but like, oh shit, that might be able to happen someday. I don't know. It's grounded in such reality. I'm like, okay, reading terms and conditions would never think that you're so right. Like even as an influencer, these contracts you sign, like they have the ability to sneak in, like we can use your name and likeness in perpetuity. Like, I don't want you to be using this video forever. Like I'm gonna get a facelift at 50. Like, please don't use that, that prior version of me. You know, I don't know, but like, owning these parts of you that exist in the internet or it's such a scary concept that that episode had me whirling for for weeks you know my sister-in-law it's so funny she's like 
she's a very private person. She doesn't post on social media, like, or anything like you, if you Googled her, you wouldn't find anything. Right. But she's got, got a great tech job. And, you know, they asked her something simple, like, Hey, can we put your picture on the website? Everyone would say yes to that request. Not her. She said, no, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> because she goes, I looked somewhere in the contract. It's like, they could use my likeness forever. What if I have a falling out with that company tomorrow? I fucking hate them. They screw me. Yet they're using my picture and some company pamphlet like five years from now. Fuck that. And she's oh, kind of no. right. Like you, you sound like a diva saying no to, of course, you, of course. Yeah. I'll be on your website, whatever. I, I work here. Okay. Yeah. But no, she, I think she was actually right in that situation. I'm like, wow, I guess you have to kind of be extra paranoid these days. She's totally right. And like someone like us in the public space, we're so far gone from that. Like, but her doing that is like the people who live off the grid or whatever, like, I'm like, you're the smartest person ever. You're going to, you're set. Like no one it's, it's, I mean, we're getting, we get price discriminated on airline things because they know what we search. Like, it's just, it's so scary, but I'm just, people are like, Oh, do you like accept cookies, whatever? I'm like, I don't care. I, I click on the ads that I'm served up because they're served up for me and I like them. All right. My phone knows me and I like it. <laughs> It's like the TikTok for you page. Like, I love that it knows what I like. Like, I go on, I get my serotonin boost, my comedy videos. I'm like, thank you. Please know me deep in my core because I enjoy this. You know what's scary though? And I'm with you. Like, I like that I'm looking at a pair. It's kind of scary, but it's kind of good at the same time. Like, I'll be looking, I like sneakers. I'll be looking at a pair of sneakers, you know, on my phone at nine. And then I'll hop on my phone like, you know, five hours later and boom, there's an ad, a targeted ad right there for the sneakers again at Nordstrom's. It's like, those motherfuckers, like they're good. But yeah, with, they're like, with, you sure you don't want this? It's still in your cart. I'm like, what? Yeah, I then an email yeah. maybe the next day, still in your cart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like, fucking leave me alone. But you know what happened to me that was scary as fuck? Maybe two weeks ago, I'm sitting there and I live in this little town in LA called Sierra Madre. Small town. It's right next to Pasadena and Arcadia. It's like a little town there. Um, anyway, small town. And I'm talking my, with my wife in the morning. I'm just having coffee and working. And she comes in and she's like, hey, we should try that place. There's, I guess there's a place in, that was famous on TikTok, Mary's Cafe. Shout out Mary's Cafe. I haven't been there yet, but hopefully we'll go there someday. She's like, let's go to Mary's Cafe for lunch. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So literally 20 minutes later, I'm scrolling my, you know, for you page on TikTok. And like the fifth slide was a video from an influencer at Mary's Cafe. And no if you look at my For You page, I don't care about food. I don't give a fuck about restaurants. That content is never, it's never served up to me because it's not yeah. for me. So I posted about that on, on Twitter and they're like, yeah, when you give permission, they have access to your microphone. So of course they listen. And I was Good. like, damn, I never even thought about that. Like that's scary. Yeah. And even scarier. Now people listening to this podcast who are super fans of you know exactly where you live. So perfect. <laughs> They'll just stalk you from Mary's cafe. So that was, you know, a good reveal on your part. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so much is out there anyway. Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, At this point I'm, I'm in. Address. Tom, give your freaking address. All right. Let them come to your front door. <laughs> well, let's talk business, right? We have people paranoid enough about, you know, social media and AI and, you know, it was doing yeah, room for like the last 15 AI minutes. Chat. Yeah. Talk about, let's talk biz, right? You're entrepreneurial. So you always had something going on. Like initially it's on like, when did you have the business pairing assistance with people? Like, was that why you were in the corporate world too? Or was that after? That was after. So I think the coolest part about building a following is the people who take the following and are able to like build a business off of it. And I think I started Expand VA as the company. It's a virtual assistant company where we pair influencers and creators who need help with like the administrative side of content creation, inbox monitoring, calendar, like scheduling for events, all these things that go into this world with someone who's like working a corporate job, who wants a side hustle, who wants to be a virtual assistant, can work from anywhere and just do this work on the side. And I think that was found from like I just thought it was a need where people want a side hustle. This is easy and people want access to the creator space and they're interested in it and want to learn more. And creators on the, the other hand, like I, when I started this, there's so much admin. I know you think it's like you just post, you film the video and post the video. There's a million things that you can outsource to make your life easier. And so that was a business that I started with my roommate. Um, 
and we just kind of run that together in the background now, still, still do that. So that came after corporate Natalie. Um, and yeah, it's been fun to be kind of wear that like entrepreneurial hat and also the, the content creator hat. Now you said that maybe in five years, the goal would be not to be in front of the camera, to be kind of behind the scenes, you know, with your own business or kind of running that or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. First of all, is that bullshit? Like you're, there's a lot of perks with being in front you're of making, the camera, right? The parties. Super shy. Like I, obviously I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, could you yeah. really get, just t- turn your back on all this and just you know, make Facebook posts about your kids in five years. Exactly. So I've always said, I want to be behind the camera. I went, um, and I did a content day with Barbara Corcoran, who's like, Oh yeah. Idol legend. And I kind of said this to her, I was like, maybe if I do advising and just take the equity and one of those companies takes off, like I'll be able to step away and whatever. And like, I was like, if you ever wanted to be invisible, Barbara, like you're huge, you're on chart, you know, when you can't go to the store and be normal, like, what's that like? And she's like, yeah, I wanted to be invisible at one time. And then I was for a second and I hated it. I was, I was miserable. And this, she is like in her seventies making TikTok. She has a full social team. Like she is so wealthy and has everything she could possibly need, but she still is just like hustling and grinding and doing content. And I'm like, wow, you are a legend. You're my idol and good to know. Maybe I don't want to be invisible. But I think that's more to say, like, what we were talking about in the beginning of not sharing my personal life. Like, it's so weird to me to think, like, I have, a, will I just be pregnant one day randomly filming Corporate Natalie and not address it? Will I be, like, a mom and, like, never show my kid? Like, what's going to, I don't know how to live these two lives. Um, and so it's more just, like, I definitely don't want my kids in any content. Like, if I have I kids, I don't really, yeah. So it's just, it's it's more a fear of, like, how do I balance that next phase of life with, a life on camera and there are ways would, would other business would, are you still doing you're still in the corporate world right are, you, are you're still consulting or working for a corporation kind of advising as like as in a part-time like kind of position are you still doing that yeah so it's not through a corporation it's self kind of consulting oh, okay. like whether it's consulting creators on media kits and stuff or advising early stage companies on social media strategies i do that's sort of the the way i interact with early stage companies and take equity and try to like get involved in the process of their organic social channels. And that's something that I'm super interested in. Like if I had, you know, 15 companies like that, that I was really passionate about and one took off and like, that would be awesome. And so I try to, when I say like not be in front of the camera, it's more like, how could I shift? How could I apply what I've built here to things like early stage companies on socials, things like helping other creators and, maybe just to be able to do it less. Like I joke with my creator friends. I'm like, are you going to be on a red carpet at 85, like getting glam, like with a cane? I mean, we have, when, how do you retire? How do you step away? Like, there's no plan. <laughs> like You're just sharing your life until the day you die. That's terrifying to me. <laughs> well, you look, I mean, there's a, there's a roadmap for this. Now you look at a guy like um, Cameron Dallas or one of those guys who were very public and very famous there and they still have a big following and everything, but now they're kind of behind the scenes. And you look at the D'Amelios, I got to know them really well. You know, they're involved in so many companies. They have their own brands that they're promoting, but then they also, you know, will, um, you know, collab with a brand at a startup and be like, okay, instead of all the cash, still want some cash. Don't get, don't get excited, but I also want a piece of the company too. You know, and they, that's the model like you're talking about. Like, hey, you do that 15 times and it's the venture capital model, right? We spread a bunch of money around 15 companies, 14 fail, but one really blows up and that makes that money back plus a shitload more. Like it's the same yeah. kind of mindset. And definitely, I th- and, yeah, and I, I think, think what the D'Amelios do, and I think what I'm missing in this model that I've built for myself of like, oh, I'll just do the advising part. It's like the allure of that comes from fostering this following and being in the the moment of the creator and learning the trends and knowing that and being a creator myself. So it's like, are those two things kind of connected? Absolutely. So I don't know if it's even possible to just be an advisor and consultant and be off camera. Like, I don't think it is. I think it's like my relevancy is obviously because I'm in front of the camera doing what I'm doing, growing the following. And so I think it's easier said than done when I, when I say that. So, I mean, yeah, look at the, all the shark tank people, they all, 
want to be oh. huge on social. Like that's the number one goal. It seems like is totally. to become more famous, right? And the, they already got the money. Money's not enough. You talk no. to enough rich people, they don't want to be invisible. They want to have a huge fucking social media following. So, which is crazy to me. It's like if I had a billion dollar, like if I was Mark Cuban, bye. I'm like, I'm gone, I think, but maybe not. Maybe I'd be that and be like, I want my face plastered everywhere. I want to be relevant. I don't know. Yep. You would. That, to answer your question, yes, you would. And I so would. would I. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one wants to be invisible. Everybody wants people to know who they are and be recognized for something other than just being rich. I think so. But I think there's a level of not being able to exist in a like a public space, like Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift can't go to the grocery store. Taylor Swift can't fly on a commercial airline. Taylor Swift can't like do these things. And obviously, me me comparing myself to Taylor Swift, like obviously not. But like when you don't have that ability to live a normal life, that's terrifying. Like I get recognized at a bar when I'm you know drinking with friends, and I'm like, oh my god, am I too drunk? Like I I start to panic. Am I being funny? Am I whatever? You know, it's like. I don't want that paralysis for the rest of my life. Like that's scary. But that's but, a whole nother level that happens to like point zero 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 one of, you know, creators out there. Right. Yeah. You know, but and that has to be terrifying in any setting. You know, there's always a chance of I'm in a compromising position and I'm being reckoned. I don't know. Like I just, I'm so, I'm just like always thinking about these things. Like what, if, what if I don't want to be, I don't know. And so it's just, but maybe, maybe I do want to be in the spotlight forever. So what happens? Somebody sees you a little drunk at a bar. I mean, what the fuck? What does yeah. that mean to the corporate Natalie brand? Does corporate Natalie not drink alcohol? Is she all about work-life balance yeah. and fitness well, and well, health? So it's not that. It's not like that's totally fine. I don't care about that. It's like when you want to then separate from this like fan interaction and you want to just go and hang out with your friends and sort of go sit at your table and, and it, it. that. And then you say like, okay, I'm going to go ahead this way. And then it's Corbinale was a total bitch. She oh, walked away from me, like whatever. And you, and which hasn't happened. And like, I love meeting people and it's so fulfilling and like kind and always like very sweet. And it always, it, it, there are only a few times where it's like a lingering situation, but that's another, you know, I'm just, I'm freaking out that like, what if I see something that affects, like say, I want to, you we're actually going to head out and they're like, okay, we'll come with. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go to my house where I'm like, I, you know, so it's just those little moments where I see it happening and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want that forever. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I didn't think about it that way. Okay. Well, Natalie, I think that's it. I mean, what else, where can we find you promote, talk about yourself? What are you doing? Great. I'm honored. Um, this has been great. I've never had an interview like this, by the way. I felt like we were just chatting for an hour on like literally anything. That was awesome. First of all, uh, and just on that real quick, you've done some horrible interviews. Not you, but some of these hosts, like I do a lot of prep for these things and I'm listening. One guy was screaming during the intro. I was like, is this fucking guy insane? Like, I immediately turned it off. I couldn't even, I didn't even make it to you talking. Wait, that's so funny. Oh my God. I, yeah. I don't want to mention anyone's name or anything like that or call anybody out. Well, it's always just so just like, what's your story? What do you do? Okay. We're, we're going to follow you, which is fine. But you were an incredible host is all I have to say to that. But, um, oh, thank you. you can follow me. Yeah. Um, Corporate Natalie on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, we mentioned Corporate Natalie. I'm also on threads. YouTube shorts, I'm horrible at, but feel free to follow me there. Um, and yeah, I'm, if you want me to come speak at your company, you know, email me. I think that's another plug. But, and if you see me out at a bar, just don't linger, you know? Oh, no, I'm totally kidding. Uh, please come say hi. I sound horrible. Um, please come say hi. But yeah, thank you for having me on. This has been awesome. Guys, thank you so much for watching. And we've got merch, level up merch too. Link in description. We have new hats, new t-shirts. Go check it out. And make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. New interviews every Tuesday. So thanks for watching, guys.
Guys, welcome to Level Up in 10, where we ask the guest each week 10 questions designed to help improve your life. Today, we have Corporate Natalie. Go check out the video we posted Tuesday. It was a fun one. Today, we're going to ask Natalie 10 questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I feel vastly unprepared, but hit me with it. That's kind of the idea. What tips do you have for young creators starting out, but they don't know their niche yet? You don't need a niche when you start out. There's too much pressure on dive into a niche. Unless you have hundreds of thousands of followers, that's when they expect to see something when they go to your page. When you're just starting out, try everything, see what takes off, and it can be multiple things. What advice do you have for people, young people in the corporate world who are starting to become successful on social media? My advice is to really think through, I think there's a big pull and allure of, I want to quit and do this full time. My advice is to really think through in a systematic corporate way, what's the money I need to pay for my insurance now that my company is not doing it? Do my 401k match? figure out like I have to pull X amount for taxes. I think, well, it seems it's so unglamorous, but take the time to really think through those things before you make the jump and quit. How can creators have a better work-life balance? I think when you're creating and your whole life is content, I think having pockets of your life that aren't where you can step away and go on a walk even or do things where the camera is not rolling. I think that helps with balance mentally and emotionally and just to be able to say, I'm not filming today. Like today, I'm going to not put any makeup on, go to the store, do normal human things. I think that helps. That helped me with just like stepping away to then be more creative when I would come back. What advice do you have for young people stuck in a job or an industry that they hate, but they're not sure what to do next. Networking. I think it's super awkward. And COVID, we lost the ability to just do a coffee chat with someone at your company or someone you connect with on LinkedIn. I think now, while it's really uncomfortable and weird to ask for someone's time, if you approach networking in a way that's like give to get. So I, you know, I want, you know, 15 minutes of your time. This person doesn't owe you anything technically. What can you do to say like, I noticed you posted an article on Gen Z in the workplace. I'm Gen Z. Could I weigh in? I noticed, you know, something small, like you're working on this project. Could I help? I think that makes you stand out amongst the crowd of people probably asking for this people's time, this person's time to be able to, you know, really build that network and make it a meaningful relationship. Is it okay to date coworkers? I think yes. If you're going in the office, you're putting in that work in a nine to five, you're going to have, you're building these in-person relationships with people that honestly is unique. Like a lot of people are strictly on Zoom, fully remote. They don't have this community and you're building like these genuine relationships and you don't have to use a dating app. Like, I think that's great. And obviously disclose it to your company if it gets serious, whatever, but, and try not to date your boss. I think that is, that's where it gets a little tricky, but uh, I think, you know, meeting someone through work is, there's nothing to be ashamed about. What advice do you have for young people who want to start a business or a side hustle, but they're not sure what that is or what to do or what to start? So even with content, I think when someone says, I want to be a content creator, but you don't have anything to say and you maybe aren't, aren't even comfortable in front of the camera and you don't like that is when it's forced and that's when someone won't come to your page and enjoy your content because you're trying to be someone you're not with entrepreneurship like if you don't have a problem that you're addressing or that you've noticed that you want to build a company to solve then you can't say i want to be an entrepreneur i want to start a business you have to have that problem statement or that passion or something that upsets you that you want to change in the world and so i think instead of saying i want to do these things like if it's i want to make more money there are a myriad of things you can do you can be an uber driver after work you can do a ton of things. But if you want to start something and build a brand that takes thought and like the things that keep you up at night or the things you want to share. And so don't try to force something if it's not really there inside you. What tips do you have for people in the corporate world who want to brand themselves better? Be a single point of failure. I've said this before where my first job was building business continuity plans to remove single points of failure. Like the IT guy who has all the passwords in his head. That's if he gets hit by a bus one day, the company crumbles. I think, and I would try to like remove those from businesses because that's a bad thing. I think you as a person, if you become a single point of failure where like my boss could not do their job without me there, that is your foolproof. You will not get fired. You will get, you will get the money you want when you ask for. And so trying to build yourself as completely indispensable, as hard as it may be, whether it's building a super technical skill that only you have, or it's like, you're always available to work. You 
you're you're the hardest worker on the team. Make yourself brand yourself in the way you want to, so that you can stay at the job as long as you want or have the leverage to move to your next job. You're huge on LinkedIn. You're actually a top voice on LinkedIn. Shout out to you. How can we grow on LinkedIn? Well, post. If you want followers and you, you want to do these things, you have to post. People are so scared to post anything, be it any social platform. Start posting and put the shame aside of like, what if what I'm saying isn't relevant? That's fine. Your 500 plus connections won't care. Like just throw it out there and see how it lands. And if you're getting traction and people like it, or even if they don't, it's your diary. It's your LinkedIn. It's your profile about your professional life. You can post whatever you want on there. So, so start with a post. Any tips for people who want to run a half marathon or a marathon? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I, <laughs> I think... I think it seems like an insurmountable task. Like I literally was so inactive. I was not doing anything. And you start with one mile and it's crazy how your body just adapts and you're able to do this thing. So I think it's a great challenge to just show the limits that you can put your body to. And half is my limit for sure. I will not recommend to anyone to run a full marathon. But I think the hardest part is like just starting and building that plan and sticking to it. You you want to quit with everything you do. It's once you hit that 13.1, it's really a great feeling. And finally, do you have any tips for people starting a job hunt but aren't finding any success? It's really hard and the market's horrible right now. It's people are applying multiple resumes a day and cover letters and it's not seeing success. So if you are one of those people, I'm I'm sorry and I, I totally understand. I've heard from countless followers that it's just really tough out there right now. I think again, like I said, building that network and trying to not just throw a cold resume on LinkedIn, but oh, I, I actually know this person through a friend or anything and combining your personal network with your professional network, you, you view them as separate now, but your roommate could be working at a company that you're actually interested in and kind of bridging those gaps in your mind with the people in your life, not just your professional network that you built to your first job that maybe isn't that big or that strong. I think they're trying to see how to do that is, is a helpful way to start and building those connections because so people want to vouch for you. See, that wasn't so bad. Natalie, that was 10 questions. We're done. That was great. That was really fun. I've loved this interview. <laughs> Tell a friend. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. New interviews every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks, guys.